Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's been called the closest statewide race in decades, and tonight the right opponents now, took the stage. Right now on KSL+. Plus. I'm not going to Washington if we prevail to be a bootlicker for Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And that's a commitment I've made to putting Utah first. The tight race for Utah Senate seat is heating up. To suggest that I'm beholden to either party, that I've uh, been a bootlicker for either party, is folly, and it's contradicted by the plain facts. I'm Matt Rascone, and just weeks out from the midterm election, we dive into the debate between Senator Mike Lee and challenger Evan McMullen. What's made the race much closer than expected? And what's at stake when the results come in on November 8th? Debates are always so interesting and they are precarious for these candidates because really the first rule for each one of them is to do no harm to themselves. That's what you want to do. Inflict some damage on your opponent and don't let any of it get back on you. To help break things down, I talked to Jason Perry. I guess if I were to look and say who won, I would say mostly neither one of them lost. Vice President for Government Relations and the director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah. There's been so much negative leading up to it, and not a lot of that went away in this particular debate. And But it does give you some insight as to what's on the line and just how tough this race is. Yeah, you mentioned what's on the line. So what is... Uh, you know, we, we've seen the attack ads and those things have sort of been ramping up over the last couple of months. What is at stake here? Why is this, you know, a, a big race? Well, there are two key components. One is just the Utah perspective as to who is going to represent Utah in Washington, D.C. And there's are two very different perspectives uh, that are go- that are vying for this particular position. That's part one. But part two is how that plays out in the national narrative. This is why Publications from all over the country are looking at this race in Utah because the very balance of power is on the line. Republicans are trying to gain that majority in the Senate, and every single state matters for them to get that majority. And that's why you see Republicans spending so much time in the state and looking at this race in particular. And that's also why you see Mike Lee really saying we must send him back to make sure that majority exists. You should be able to see the need for a counterbalance, for a contrast. Joe Biden's policies. In order to secure that, we have to have the Senate in Republican control. I would support that 
and support the policies that go along with that. This is the closest Senate race that we have had in decades in the state of Utah. It, it is close. It's within four points, according to our polling uh, that has occurred. And there is still a percentage of Utahns that have not made up their mind. 12% in our last poll said they still do not know who they're going to vote for. It's interesting because it's not because they don't know who these candidates are. They're just trying to decide which one of these candidates is closest to them, to the voter, to their positions and policies. And what's interesting is that the battleground is for those moderate Republican voters. When I swear an oath to the Constitution, as I did as a young CIA officer, I keep it. I put my life on the line more times than I can remember to fulfill my oath to defend the Constitution. Our poll was 41% Mike Lee, 37% Evan McMullen. That is the most recent poll that the Hinckley Institute did with the Deseret News. Uh, the, the important number behind that is not just that Senator Lee remains in the driver's seat, but it is close. And 12% of Utahns say they don't know. And what's interesting there is that about a quarter of those are, are, are those moderates. And the debate last night was completely trying to get to those moderates because there is a math formula for each one of these candidates that they have to get. And a key part of both of, for both of them is the moderate Republican voter. Is there, I mean, did... Did the debate change anything? Did you were there specific big moments that you noticed or anything that uh, stands out? I don't know that this debate did a lot to change hearts or minds. For sure, it solidified the bases uh, that these two candidates have for for those liberals, for the Democrats, for the unaffiliated, and for the the moderate Republicans that were were not supporting Mike Lee. I think Evan McMullen did a good job of capturing those. For Senator Mike Lee, his conservative base, without question, felt good about his performance last night as well. We were hopeful that we would get to some of those key issues, uh, but but on the the issues that were discussed, it was largely. Uh, an agreement from these two candidates with small nuances. Stop excessive federal spending. I also agree that the Biden administration of guilty of, is guilty of reckless spending. So they really what's interesting uh, about this debate was how each candidate was trying to paint the picture of their opponent. Senator Lee, the Constitution is not a prop for you to wave about and then when it's convenient for your pursuit of power to abandon without a thought. That's what you've done with that. It's not surprising to me that you would come here today and spout not only lies, but lies that are specific to the leftist cause, lies that are specific to the Democratic Party, and lies that certainly are not applicable to me. And that's what we saw for a full hour last night. And that does, that's not the kind of thing that really wins over those undecided voters. What was missing then? Well, what was missing is a, a substantive conversation about the issues themselves. How do they differentiate themselves? It's one thing to talk about what you think your opponent is and try to really tell their narrative for them. It's another thing for those moderates who are, are really not just about party. This race is close because it's not just about party. It's about the candidates, about the policies and their positions. And I think that's what would have enhanced this particular debate as well, is more time differentiating candidates based on policy more than just about the negative about the candidate from outside groups and from within the campaigns themselves. The job of a senator, especially representing our state, has to be to stand up to leaders of both parties, to Joe Biden and to Donald Trump. That's what's required, Senator Lee, because both parties are spending recklessly. And you vote no. And, and let me say, Senator, 
I think it's right that a senator should be willing to stand even alone and vote no. And you're very good at that. But you know what? It can't be the only thing you do. That's not the job of the senator. The job of a senator representing Utah is to work across party lines to solve problems. We have a legacy in this state of sending senators to Washington. Senator Bennett, Senator Hatch, now Senator Romney. They worked and work together across party lines to solve problems, Senator Lee. They don't only vote no, they're at the table negotiating a better deal for Utah and our country, and I'm committed to doing that on our spending and on every other issue. Senator Lee, you've asked for a rebuttal. Yeah, we've long had a problem where we've had at least 50 Democrats, all 50 Democrats, willing to vote for any amount of spending. And tragically, you've typically had at least 10 Republicans willing to cross party lines to vote for the Democrats' spending priorities. Look, I, I call that President Trump all the time. I voted less with President Trump than anyone else other than Rand Paul and Susan Collins. In fact, I call that President Trump uh, about spending bills specifically, including one time when he called me on my airplane coming back to Utah, and I told him it was a huge mistake. I called him out in public and in private, on a train in the rain with a fox in, in a box, every time I got the chance. There we go. When, okay. when I was watching the debate, I... I thought it was interesting that uh, multiple times Senator Lee seemed to be, I don't know if distancing is the right word, but uh, separating himself from former President Trump in some ways, saying, hey, I know how to stand up to my own party as well. I have stood against my party time and time again to oppose reckless spending. This is really a a sign uh, of of the senator trying to appeal to those moderate Republicans in the state of Utah. President Trump has has not been a historical favorite with those moderate Republicans. The the very conservative voters, they like former President Trump and they like uh, Senator Mike Lee. Mike Lee is going to get them. What he needs is to distance himself a bit for those people who would say, I will vote for Senator Mike Lee, but I don't want the Trump factor that comes with it. This really is a sign to President Trump being present in this election, but the candidates themselves not wanting to be too close to him. Right. Yeah. And, and I guess you could say something similar for Evan McMullen, not trying to appear too closely aligned with uh, President Biden or the yeah. Democratic Party in general. Uh, that's why we saw this in the race. Evan McMullen is saying that Mike Lee is is just too close to Donald Trump. And repeatedly, Mike Lee said that Evan McMullen is just too close to uh, Joe Biden. This is a battle trying to keep the standard bearers and trying to associate them for the story that it gives. For those moderates in the state of Utah who are wondering who to vote for, these two candidates are trying to tie their opponent to those two polar opposites. You have an independent who's backed by the Democratic Party in Utah who is putting up this fight against, you know, what what many would argue would be an unbeatable candidate who's been there for already 12 years. This race is completely unique, not just for the state of Utah, but in the country as well. It's really about uh, what it means to have a two-party system. Is the two-party system that we have seen historically uh, the same that we have now? This is a different race because it's not a traditional Republican versus a Democrat. Without question, the Democrats are supporting Evan McMullen, but this is different than what we have seen historically. This is a battle of the candidates, where they are on the political spectrum as well. And this is playing out right before us, and it is 
getting a lot of national attention. Did Joe Biden fairly win the 2020 presidential election? Senator Lee. Yes, Joe Biden is our president. He was chosen in the only election that matters, the election held by the Electoral College. It was on that basis that I voted to certify the election results. The part where it got heated, at least that I noticed yesterday, and I was in the I was in the theater yesterday and they it was the talk on the 2020 election. It was it was in the past. You know, it was uh, the the events of uh, January 6th. But for you to talk about the importance of the the Electoral College, I think is rich. I think you you know exactly how important it is. And I think you knew how important it was when you sought to urge the White House that had lost an election to find fake electors to overturn the will of the people. Senator Lee, that was the most egregious betrayal of our nation's constitution in its history by a U.S. senator, I believe, and it will be your legacy. Please. You're doing, a, you're doing a tremendous disservice to this country, Senator Lee. You have betrayed your oath to the constitution with this. Evan, that's not true. You know that's not true. You, sir, owe me an apology. Listen. I I think I disagree with everything my opponent just said, including the words but, and, and the. Look, um, there is absolutely nothing to the idea uh, that I would have ever supported, ever ever did support the fake electors plot. Nothing. There's not a scintilla of evidence suggesting that, and yet you continue to insist that with a cavalier, reckless disregard for the truth. This is sad. This is troubling. It's also entirely consistent with your adopted political party. That's something that we've seen play out sort of across the country. Um, is, that, is that productive? It's not the most productive thing that can happen, particularly in a debate, but it is the thing that most often does happen. Uh, Most voters, particularly those that are undecided, want to hear from the candidates in a way that convinces them. People would rather have someone to vote for than just a person to vote against. That's just the reality uh, for Utah voters in particular. And this particular debate gave a view of these candidates, but it was mostly rehashing stuff from the past, issues that people know well, mostly a very predictable set of back and forth uh, comments and accusations. Well, as you've watched the, the both campaigns, you know, over the last several months and, you know, even back in, from when uh, Evan McMullen was first kind of went in the spotlight in 2016, what differences do you see? How do you how do you separate these two candidates uh, for voters? It's always an advantage to be an incumbent. The thing that comes with that, though, is that you have a very storied record for your opponent to go after. We saw that in the debate last night. Evan McMullen was able to go through uh, several years of Senator Mike Lee being in office and attacking him on those particular positions. Uh, Evan McMullen doesn't have that history yet, uh, although the state of Utah does know him from his time running as president of the United States in, in 2016, where he got about 21% of the vote. He's trying to build his name ID, but he's also trying to give people a reason to vote for him. That is a key strategy for him. When he doesn't have that record, it has to really try to go to those policies. I think the undecided voters are wanting to understand where he is. It's one thing to be not Mike Lee. It's another thing to be the person uh, that that people can rally behind. And that is going to be the Evan McMullen strategy going forward. I think that when an ind- when an independent gets in a race like this, it's it's seen often as a uh, it's it's a long shot, and you know that's not it's not something that works. Is this proving that narrative wrong, or I guess 
do we just have to wait to see on November 8th, you know, uh, what that tells us? It all depends on the turnout, like it always does. Uh, it is still a bit of a long shot, uh, but it's the closest race we have seen. It's interesting to see how this race is, is playing out uh, in terms of not just the polling, but where Utahns are. And um, I, I think the issues will be the primary consideration uh, going forward. I think we're, we're still going to hear a lot of negative about these candidates, but it really is about where we are as a state and the kind of person that we want to send forward. It is not purely a red and blue question anymore. We have not had a third party candidate do this well historically in the state of Utah. This becomes a bit of a math formula for each of these candidates. Mike Lee needs all of the conservatives. He needs some of the moderates. That's how Utah is in terms of the turnout historically. Evan McMullen needs all of those Democrats. He needs all of the independents. He needs a pretty serious majority of those moderate Republicans as well. That's why in this debate, he was trying to walk the line of keeping the Democrats with him, not saying he's going to be with them all the time, but making sure that they show up and vote for him while trying to court those moderate Republicans. Most of us know that our country, it feels as though we're, we're coming apart now because of the broken politics you hear from my opponent. If we prevail in this race, it will make Utah the most influential state in the union because nothing will get through the Senate without Utah's support. And I know that with that influence, we will do a tremendous good, not only for ourselves, but for the country. Thank you, Mr. McMullen. Historically, it's been hard for a third party candidate because even though the state of Utah tends to be uh, center right, uh, there is still a good portion of very conservative voters that are still very much uh, with Senator Mike Lee and have a history of showing up. But this is not an ordinary year. Look, you know who I am. You know what I fight for. I fight for religious freedom. I fight for personal liberty and did so during COVID. I fight and will continue to fight for criminal justice reform, and I'm leading the effort on bipartisan reform to make sure that we don't ever go to war without Congress approving it. Our I love our country and our state, and I humbly ask for your vote. I think that this race is going to be caught up in the national narrative. Uh, both sides of the aisle are going to look at states like Utah, where you have a very close race between two two candidates, one of, one of whom is generally well known, to see if this gives us any sense of where the United States is going uh, politically, the issues they care about the most. And that issue in Utah and across the country is the economy. I think we're going to see these candidates talking about that a lot more in the coming weeks until uh, not just the midterms, but even now, as ballots have been sent out and are starting to come in. Voters began receiving their ballots in the mail this week. Election Day, of course, is November 8th, and we'll be following along closely on KSL TV, KSL News Radio, and KSLTV.com. That does it for us this week on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone. We'll see you again next week.